What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Obviously, I'm taking breaks in between shows because shit is kind of dry right now. So I literally have to find shit to talk about. And I figured it out. Why not talk about Summer League a little bit? Now, granted, I know a lot of people really don't pay attention to Summer League because when the final roster plays, that's pretty much what they worry about. Like, they worry about regular season. Not too much preseason, but Summer League is just to see where the young guys stand at. So, the Lakers signed Scottie Pippen Jr. Scottie's son. And it's another, it's another rookie named, wait, let me look, let me look. Because I don't want to say his last name wrong and then people come at my head like I'm crazy. So, we got Max Christie. He had 20 plus. And Cole Swider, he had five triplets. Well, triples, I should say. Everybody's been kind of raving about Scotty Jr., and with good fucking reason. Now, it's a no-brainer. The Scottie Pippen is a legend. Legendary player, legendary personality, we get all of that. And Scottie, I feel like Scottie actually, Scottie Sr. needed this more than anybody because he lost his oldest son. Sometime last year, the year before that. I believe it was last year, though. And ever since then, Scottie has changed. People seen Scotty change from the easygoing legend who said sometimes shady shit to going off on any and everybody, especially about Michael. I was one of those people who never took shit Scotty said seriously, and I still don't to this day, because that's not coming from a place of common sense. That's coming from a place of grief. It's coming from a place of anguish. And it's like, just because you're going through what you're going through, you want to take that out on everybody else. Granted, he might not know any other way to process, really process his oldest son dying the way he did. But come on, man. After a while, it becomes a little bit reductive. And Scotty Jr., he's doing his fucking thing. The Lakers obviously need younger players other than older players who fucking brick and get injured every chance they fucking get you got swider over there he's doing pretty good they need players who can fucking shoot and make shots and play defense now obviously i haven't been watching too well i didn't really pay attention to um summer league last year but since this is kind of the end of the era of Lahem, and this is the fucking final year of his contract, hallelujah, they're obviously going to need to make some changes. And while Summer League is, is going pretty okay, there are talks about a possible Kyrie trade. Now, if anybody who knows anything about me, y'all know fucking well that I am not the type of Laker... Laker fan to fucking beg on bloody knees for any player to join the Lakers. And that's from fucking Lahim to fucking AD to Westbrook to everybody that they've had on the team over the last couple of years. I didn't beg for none of them niggas to come there. Point blank fucking period. 
And this is not about to change. I'm not going to play pipe dreams or blow weed smoke in the air for Kyrie to suddenly come to the Lakers and be reunited with him. No. No, I'm sorry about that. Because we know that Kyrie is obviously an awesome player when he's all into basketball. When there's no restrictions on what he can do on the court, he'll go in there and he'll ball out and he'll give you good numbers. However, there's the other side of Kyrie who will cause problems in the locker room. Granted, he left Cleveland because he wanted his own shine. He went to Boston, left there under suspicious circumstances, goes to Brooklyn. All that COVID shit happened. Obviously, he didn't want to be vaccinated. Okay, I can support that. But that overall situation with Brooklyn is just like... What was the point of coming there if you weren't really going to play? You could play during home games. Okay, yeah, we get that. You couldn't play during any away games. But overall, him and KD didn't play more than 60 games together the entire time they both were signed to Brooklyn. Like, why would I want that for the Lakers? Say the Lakers had a vaccination policy. and He decided to enforce him not being one to be vaccinated over there again. You really have to look at the bigger picture. You can't just look at Kyrie Irving and say, oh, we need him on the Lakers, blah, 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 blah. That's the problem with a lot of Laker fans. They don't look at the big picture. They'll look and think that this player or that player is going to be on the Lakers and things are going to be wonderful and dandy, but you don't look at what they've done on other teams. If that didn't stop them from doing what they did on this team, what the fuck makes you think they're going to change on this team? And, and the same fucking thing applies to Lehem. If he was doing puss-ass and bitch shit in Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland and Miami, what the hell makes you think he was going to change when he got to the Lakers? Like, ugh. listen, I don't want to blow pipe dreams for nobody. I don't really care if the Lakers get Kyrie or not. I don't bank on it. I don't plan on it. But if you do decide to take him, be prepared to take everything that you can get. Wait. Be prepared to... Pretty much deal with all the shit that every other team had to deal with before. From Cleveland, to Brooklyn, to Boston. They all got rid of him for a reason. And Brooklyn is planning on unloading him anyway. And, like I said, it's just a mess. And with free agency going on, we had Zach Levine before another five years. They decided to pay, the Bulls decided to pay him the maximum contract. Which I'm not upset about. I genuinely do love Zach Levine. I do. But like I said, my only thing is just stay healthy. That's the one thing that I want from you, Zach. Just for one year. Just stay healthy. Whether it's a minor injury or a major injury, stay healthy. That's all I want. Then you had Bradley Beal deciding to stay in Washington. And they paid him a Supermax deal of, I believe... 252 million for five more years in Boston? Really? Boston? Five, six, seven, eight. With the Wizards. Okay. That's cool that you got your money. But what I'm seeing with Bradley Beal is the Carmelo Anthony syndrome. We know Carmelo, great player, can give you good numbers. You say you want to win. 
But then you turn right around and you stay with the team that isn't going anywhere. And you know in the long run isn't going to go anywhere. Like, at a certain point in your career, your actions have to talk just as much as your lips do. You can say you want to win. You can say you want to do this and do that. But if your actions show that you're going to stay with the same team that isn't really going to jumpstart and go anywhere big, it becomes about the money after a while. And you can flap your lips and say that it's not about the money. It obviously is, because if you wanted to win, you would take, hell, if you're lucky, you would take the same amount of money with a different team. But then there's a salary cap. The NBA is skeptical to shut to fucking shatter salary caps unless it's absolutely fucking necessary because they're going to have to pay the league back that money that they spent. So, yeah, congratulations on your payday, Mr. Beal, but sir, what are the Wizards going to do besides what they've been doing? You're going to drop 25 a game and the team is still going to be fucking 3 and 17. Like... Ugh, like, don't say you want to win, and then you turn around and then re-sign with a team that you know isn't going to really do anything. Ugh, whatever. But, yeah, it's a lot of free agency talk going on and stuff, but I really can't pull up too much right now. Like, I would have did it when it actually happened, but I'm like, I don't really have too much to talk about for real, for real. But, hey, we find shit to talk about around here, right? And the WWE just had money in the bank. Let me see if I can get the damn. Like the pay-per-view overall was cool. Like there were certain things that happened that I didn't expect to happen. Like Liv Morgan winning the belt. Which I thought was really cool because I could have sworn, sworn up and fucking down that Ronda was going to win. But I'm glad that they're taking a step in the right direction and giving Liv Morgan some giving Liv Morgan a chance to shine. And as my boy Mike says, she's a she's a Jersey girl, so of course he supports her. And just give her the chance to be the champion and give her a chance to hold the belt instead of clinging and clutching to the same people. Then you have Bianca Belair. She won her match. The bloodline. They can't be stopped. Point blank period. You know what I'm saying? It's like you would want the Street Profits to win. They definitely deserve to win. But the bloodline is relinquishing shit. Ugh, God. I'm looking at the Twitter page on, on WWE.com right now. And they're predicting the SummerSlam matches. My only question is, why would I want to see Brock and Roman again? They already had the unification match at, at fucking WrestleMania. That ended awkwardly because Brock really got injured. Now, granted... I don't mind seeing Roman Reigns. <laughs> Believe you me, I don't mind seeing Roman Reigns. But y'all are just putting the same reductive product out over and over again. Like you can't do something over you can't do something constantly and expect people not to be tired of it. Because regardless of how good something is, you get kind of sick of the same shit over and over again. Now, if you're gonna do something reductive, at least ha- let it be exciting. Like, we got fucking, when I was growing up watching wrestling, we got fucking, let's see, one, two, three, four, five different ladder matches. 
technically one was just a triangle ladder match that became that morphed into the TLC matches. But all those matches were different in their own way. And they had levels of excitement. Like, granted, people can say that the first Triangle Ladder match was the best at WrestleMania 2000. And it was great. It really was great. Then you had the SummerSlam 2000 match. The first TLC match. Official TLC match. Then you got TLC Part 2 at WrestleMania 17, which is my all-time favorite WrestleMania match. Well, one of them, I should say. Then you had TLC 3 on fucking SmackDown, which is my second favorite. I love that match to death. Like, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you owe it to yourself to go on fucking YouTube, go on Peacock, pull up WWE, and watch that match. That's one of my all-time favorites as well. Then you had the Raw TLC match. All of them had different levels of surprise. They built the match up. And Kane is the only person to ever win the TLC matches by his fucking self, even though he was in a match with the Hurricane. And I think Hurricane had gotten injured or something or other. And he's the only man that can win the TLC matches by himself. Like, that was probably the most gangster shit I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, back to my original point. If you do something X amount of times, you eventually get tired of it. And this country boy Brock shit with the man bun is not sitting well with my spirit at all. Like, granted, we know Brock Lesnar is the beast who can do anything. He can run through a fucking brick wall. But then you see him come in his fucking farmer boots, his flannels, and his beard and man bun now. It's like, sir, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you left UFC for this. Like, to me... Wrestlers who stay too long in situations like this end up fucking destroying, well, not even destroying, but kind of damaging their legacy a little bit. And this is just what I think is happening to Brock Lesnar because even though all he's accomplished, like, he was billed as the next big thing. He does what he does until 2005. Wait, 2005. Yep, 2005. Then he leaves, go to UFC, runs UFC for a little bit. He gets some losses there that humble him a little bit. Then he has an illness. I think it was diverticulitis when he got when he was in UFC. Then he fought Alistair Overeem. After he got beat beat the hell out of by Cain Velasquez, he goes over there, gets a liver kick. Yo, he goes down. Alistair wins. But bro, this whole Roman match is just it's annoying me. And I'm not even sure what the card is over there yet. But I know that I'm gonna have to watch SummerSlam at some fucking point. Because I'm like, ugh. I can't even watch too much of wrestling these days. Well, WWE, I should say. Because it's going to be the same shit over and over again. Then the quote-unquote new shit that they had, they expect to sit there. Uh, they expect us to sit there and watch. And it's like, no. We're not going to sit up here and continue with the fuckery over and over again. Like, this is not going to happen. And I'm like, shit like this is why the company's in the damn shape that it's in. And you're acting like you don't know what to do to get out of the hole. You know what to do. You just don't have any grapefruits at this point. But <sighs> certain saving graces keep me watching the product. But overall, <sighs> my expectations are low for WWE. Point blank, period. And I also have some big news that I kind of kept under wraps and didn't really want to talk about. Because today is fucking Tuesday. And I'm going to be doing On the Mic with Mike tonight with Mike as scheduled on Energy Radio, 8 to 9 p.m. 
But Thursday, I won't be with him because one of my buddies asked me if I wanted to play a small part in a movie that she's doing. I'm going to be a, wait, what did she say? A podcast panelist on a fictional podcast for the movie. And we start shooting on Thursday. So I'm excited about that. I never thought I'd be in anybody's movie doing anything for that matter, besides being an extra. But this is something new for me, and I'm definitely going to see where this leads to. You know what I'm saying? I thank you guys all the time and again and again for your support of Dangerous Sports Talk, for keeping the, keeping the listens consistent, for supporting me all this time. I thank you guys so very much for that. And yeah, I'll keep you guys updated on what's going on with that. But yes, on that note, I'm going to get my ass out of here. Thank you guys again and again for your love and your support. Keeping Dangerous Sports Talk going, keeping me going, keeping me motivated. You guys are fucking awesome. I love you guys. And stay true to you and everybody else around you. Peace.